Welcome, everybody, to a July 2023 episode of Pods for Docs. My name is Sinu Tai, host of the podcast and neurology specialist registrar in Oxford. Today, we have Dr. Lees back with us, our friendly consultant dermatologist, and we are going to launch a new series discussing dermatological emergencies. We kick this series off by examining the potentially dangerous condition of erythroderma. Hi, Lise. How are you doing today? Hi, Zin. Fine, and yourself? I'm very well, thank you. I thought we'd try and mix things up a little bit today by discussing a typical case first. Let's begin with this. A 48-year-old lady with a history of asthma and atopic dermatitis as a child presents to the emergency department with a new itchy rash throughout her body that has developed over the last four days. The new rash has developed initially across her anterior trunk, the mid-back, and anterior legs. Furthermore, areas of scaly plaque have also formed throughout. On examination, she was tachycardic with a heart rate of 103 and a slight pyrexia. Skin examination found erythematous plaques involving the anterior trunk, back, and all four limbs with thick white scales. Dermoscopic examination identified a few pinpoint pustules on the legs. Sculp examination found oval pink plaques with thick adherent scale. The face was relatively spared. So after hearing that, what's going through your mind when you are confronted with a case like this? The first point to note is that although the patient was diagnosed with atopic dermatitis years before, it's not the logical assumption to assume that this is what she has now. So just go in with a wide differential diagnosis. Also with the full skin that's now affected with this rash, it sounds, if there is 80 to 90% of the body surface area involved, I would consider erythroderma, which is a dermatological emergency. It certainly sounds like she's red all over. So what would you do next in this situation? The important thing would be to see if the patient is vitally stable. So your basic checks, see what her pulse is, feel if she's got a strong pulse, temperature, do the blood pressure if possible. If it's not too painful, try and get a blood pressure, check for dehydration, and then basically stabilize the patient, give her some oxygen if you need to, give her IV fluids if you need to, stabilize her temperature, which is very important. And then one can do a few more checks later on, but first just get get her stabilized. Okay, so we've got a case of suspected erythroderma, which is an emergency. And the mainstay of how to approach this is a really an ABCD approach and make sure the patient is safe from a hemodynamic point of view. That's really interesting. So let's take this back right to the beginning, and I'll just ask you to briefly introduce erythroderma to our audience, and why is this an important topic for everyone to know? Erythroderma is important, and it's, it's also potentially dangerous. It's a clinical manifestation of an underlying skin problem. It's not a diagnosis in itself, but it's a generalization of a pre-existing skin condition, such as, for example, psoriasis. Important to note that there is an acute and chronic phase that can just slide into the next. And it's sometimes very difficult to to make a diagnosis without going back and just asking history. As once the 80 to 90 percent body surface is involved, it will be nearly impossible to say what it initially was. That being said, per definition, erythroderma is skin involvement of 80 to 90 percent of the body surface area. 
And you will calculate that in the same way that you will do a burn wound calculation. It is important for the general medic to be aware of this as this is a high risk leading to systemic and hemodynamic upset for various reasons, for example, fluid loss, hypothermia and electrolyte imbalance being a few. Mm, I see. Essentially, it's a syndrome rather than a diagnosis defined by erythema, so redness involving more than 80 to 90% of the body, and it can potentially lead to some problems. We're definitely going to get into that. Tell us what are the common causes of erythroderma then? It's a difficult question. It can be hard to make a certain diagnosis, but a large population is due to dermatitis, and this can be classified as either atopic dermatitis, seborrheic dermatitis. Then we get psoriasis also being a big contributor. Drug reactions, very important. What's the underlying pathophysiology? It's very interesting as there are multifactorial reasons for this destabilizing the patient. The first being the metabolic response to the exfoliative dermatitis. And this can be very profound. Large amounts of warm blood are present in the skin due to the sudden dilatation of capillaries. And there is a considerable amount of heat that is suddenly lost. There may also be a very high output cardiac failure. And the loss of scales through the exfoliation can be considerable. And it's mentioned to be up to nine gram per square meter, which is quite a lot of protein that's being lost. And this can then lead to a reduction in serum albumin and also cause edema of the lower extremities. So quite a complex cascade, but very significant. I also sort of envisage it as a bit of a vicious circle because you get some sort of dermatitis and you get a bit of vasodilation, blood flow, redness. And then because you have it in that area, it then spreads to the adjacent area and then it just continues. And because of the hemodynamic changes with this dilation, you can get some significant effects from there. Very good. And so in terms of clinical presentations, I suppose it could be quite varied depending on the underlying sort of cause. But what are the key presentation points for erythroderma that our listeners should know about? So depending on the etiology, the acute phase may develop rapidly, as in a drug reaction, lymphoma, eczema, psoriasis, it can really happen within minutes. There may also be fever, pruritus, which is itching, fatigue, weakness, anorexia, weight loss, malaise, feeling cold, shivers, a lot of signs present in shock, really, that one must be on the lookout for. Also, the dermatitis can be uniform and throughout the whole body. So it will be difficult to then distinguish between flexures, extensions. You, you won't be able to see that. This can also lead to thickening in the skin folds later on. I'm talking day one or two in. General examination-wise, one needs to feel for lymph nodes. Enlarged lymph nodes may pinpoint you to lymphoma. And then also to look at the ankles and lower legs for edema, which may show a low albumin and something to be corrected. That's really useful. It strikes me that the acute phase can be quick and also, you know, fairly non-specific. They're unwell. They could be red. They could be tachycardic. They could show evidence of hypovolemia. And so identifying erythroderma in that context is very important, but also trying to pick out clues as to underlying cause. If it's psoriasis, you know, look for those scaly plaques and those key features, but they could all be masked by the extent of the erythroderma. Of interest is in the literature, they use words like frightened, red, and toxic. So if, if those words shoot through your mind when you see a patient, 
strongly consider erythroderma as a diagnosis. That's really useful. If you see a frightened dermatological patient in the exam, think of erythroderma, because I, I presume you don't see that very often. Not too often. Okay. And so I think I know the answer to this, but what investigations are important when you suspect erythroderma? And I suppose, again, it would depend on the underlying cause to some extent. Absolutely. You will do a blood panel, which will include chemistry, specifically serum albumin. You can also look at gamma globulins, electrolyte imbalance, and then your acute phase proteins will be increased. On a full blood count, you will potentially see a leukocytosis. Also do bacterial cultures, both from skin and blood. The skin bacterial culture is to rule out secondary staphylococcus aureus infection. And then the blood culture would be to rule out sepsis. The patient doesn't have a strong barrier anymore, so will be susceptible for secondary infection. If you are thinking of lymphoma, if you feel the big lymph nodes, CT or MRI scan may be indicated, also a lymph node biopsy. And then, of course, as any good dermatologist will do, a skin biopsy and maybe give you a clue to the cause for all of this. That's very interesting. So in the acute sort of investigations, you want to think of any evidence of shock, any evidence of sepsis. And in terms of complications, they could pick up lots of infections and confound the picture, but specific investigations are then more related to potential underlying causes. How would you approach the management of a patient with erythroderma then? You have to act quick. Patients often require admission. Important is the hemodynamic instability as patients can easily become dehydrated in shock. So you need to stabilize them with fluid infusions and to keep on monitoring their blood pressure and do clinical investigations. It may not be possible always, but ideally a single room will be very useful. The reason for that is that you can control the temperature. So it may be needed to increase the temperature in the room and also supply the patients with extra blankets. If you have 90% scaling skin, a blanket may not be the best or most comfortable idea. So sometimes better to control the room temperature. Maintain skin moisture by giving the patients baths with oiled and emollients in. Also apply bland emollients straight after a bath. You may need to apply topical steroids, but keep in mind that the patient will have a compromised skin barrier. So your amounts may be decreased as the patient may absorb it more than with an intact barrier. It's actually logic, but you have to think about it. Try and avoid scratching. It's really, really challenging because it may be very itchy, but something like bandages, you get special sleeves that may be useful. And then I think very important will be to get the history. It can sometimes take very, very long to clue everything together, but really take your time and try and get to the bottom of the reason for this, as it may be a drug, even something from the alternative health world, homeopathic herbs. So really take your time and listen to the patient. I can see why this is an emergency if you lose 90% of your skin barrier. And monitoring is very important, especially in these patients who can become unstable and shocked quite easily. So then if you do all of that and you're giving excellent sort of conservative, supportive management, will they get better after a few days? How long does it usually take? I think the baseline of the patient will play a massive role. 
If the patient is immunocompromised for any reason, a secondary infection may be fatal. That being said, if it's just a drug reaction in a patient with a good baseline, the prognosis will be very good if you catch it early and, and just stay on top of it. And then also the etiology was if it's, for example, an already advanced T-cell lymphoma, you are obviously looking at a different type of outcome than with a patient who just have an acute flare of psoriasis and you manage to stabilize the patient in time. That makes perfect sense. With these multi-etiological syndromes or presentations, it really depends on what's driving it forward. And so potentially it could clear up after a few days if you stop the offending drug and you give them good supportive management. But I guess in other ways, it's a clue that if they continue to be erythrodermic, then maybe you haven't found the cause yet and you need to search harder. Excellent. So I think we've done a very nice case presentation of erythroderma and an A to Z of why it's important, what to look out for and what to do. Any final takeaway messages, Dr. Lees? I think one must be aware of this condition. And I think if a patient comes through the door and you see a skin rash, you mustn't immediately think, oh, dermatology, put the patient in the corner and wait for the dermatologist who may arrive hours from, from at arrival. So if you see most of the skin being red, just stop and think this is a medical emergency and just just really start sorting out the patient. I really like that. And I think that was certainly my takeaway message as well. So treat this seriously as it is a serious presentation. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you everyone else for listening. Please do check out our further resources on the Plabable website and do contact us if you have any questions. Until the next episode, thank you very much.